common thread amongst everybody is like there's a healthy level of desire for adventure within everybody. You will always have like a perspective of like people living in the future or in the past. And it's like, we should be now here. If the if LA, Las Vegas and, and Atacama would be in the family of cats, you know? LA, Las Vegas is a house cat and Atacama is a tiger. Welcome back to TBR and welcome to this special episode to celebrate the launch of a new adventure. You may well be familiar with The Speed Project. We've had multiple participants on the show reflecting on what has become an iconic unsanctioned race. Well, its creators have dreamed up a new adventure. One that takes its participants to the driest desert on earth with 2,400 meters of elevation, salt flats, volcanoes, and extreme heat and cold. From the Pacific Ocean to an iconic desert oasis, it's going to be one hell of an adventure. A few weeks ago, I sat down with Nils Arendt. Nils is the creator, a former participant, and the race director of The Speed Project, and he is a driving force behind this new adventure. In this conversation, we talk about his own take on running, how the Speed Project came to be and how it's evolved over its 10-year history and what participants can expect from this new adventure from Iquique to San Pedro de Atacama. Let's get into the conversation. Uh, Nils, how are you? I'm great. What brings you to London? The grey weather, <laughs> you, <laughs> and um, some other shenanigans. Some, well, we'll get into some other shenanigans. So full transparency, we were recording this about five weeks before Atacama kicks off. When this goes live, the world will know a little bit more about that event. And I think we'll, we'll talk about that and we'll, we'll talk about TSP. But maybe to kick things off, maybe we should give a little bit of context to, to you and, and your story and what brings you to hear for this conversation and what's brought you to creating TSP and, and Atacama. Do you want to give us a, a Nils 101? I, I can. Um, well, thank you for having me. And um, it's been a pleasure getting to know you over the past, what, what's been like a year? I th- yeah, a little I bit over a year? Been, yeah, it's been about, yeah, it was just before, I think it was just before Speed Project last year we were sort of talking. Um, and that's almost scary to think that it's we're sort of staring down the barrel of the next speed project. I know you're kind of in the midst of planning this year's, but yeah, it was about yeah, just over a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're aging at light speed. So, um yeah. yeah. So yes, I have a pretty interesting relationship to the sport and uh it's it kind of like I don't know, it's like I was born in Germany. Mm-hmm. And uh, my parents have been fairly nomadic, and so that that's that like kind of like is implemented in my my lifestyle right now as well. And so I moved to France when I was little, lived in Africa, and uh, quit school when I was eighteen. Started like kind of like organizing raves in northern Germany, and we kind of like me and a bunch of friends were part of like this initiation of pop-up club culture i guess and um fast forward to like my my mid-20s 
I decided I needed to like break out of Germany because I felt like I was getting stuck and I needed to like make a radical change. And so I was sitting in front of a globe and I was like figuring out, I was like, oh, where should I move to? I had a, f a list of criteria, which then um, output a small short list of places in the world. And what was the criteria? The criteria was <laughs> um, a place which kind of like in, in, influences the the world to a certain degree, okay. like um, a certain climate, mm -hmm. a big ocean, English speaking, even while my English was pretty much not existing at the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's, that's about it. And if you, if you apply that, like basically Los Angeles comes out and then a bunch of nothing and then a few other cities, which don't, which aren't really relevant. So I decided, I was like, okay, I'm moving to LA. I was working for this like advertising agency in Germany. I like went to my boss and was like, hey, I really need to like polish up my business English. And side note, we didn't have any business in English, <laughs> but he kind of like bought it. And I was like, okay, you get like three weeks unpaid leave. And so I flew to LA. I booked a room in this off Craigslist, which is like kind of the like yellow pages. Mm -hmm. And um, rented a car and bought a foam board and spent three weeks in LA with the goal to leave with a job. Mm. It was a little off that goal, but like somehow I did leave with a job offer, which is ridiculous. And the funny thing was, the job offer came from the person who rented me the room. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So you got all around the houses and you, you were literally living under the roof of the person. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so I flew back and quit my job mm. and um, had like an array of going away parties. And also with my roommate at the time, we decided to run the Hamburg Marathon as one of the going away celebrations. And that was kind of like my first like... So you'd had no previous connection to running before that then? I mean, I did have a previous connection to running because I went to boarding school for many years. And in boarding school, there's lots of activity outside of the school programming, especially at night. So if you want to participate in that, you need to be kind of smart. So what we did was we, after we went to officially to bed, um, we jumped off the balcony, go, went out, and we always carried our running clothes. And then in the morning... When we came back, we changed into running clothes and came into the front door, pretending we just came back from a run. So my relationship to running was like amazing. <laughs> you know, I was like, but also me. like, yeah, it was an enabler, but like mischievous, rule breaking. It was like I can, I'm starting to sort of join the sort of thematic dots for where you go later. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, fast forward. I'm in America. I arrived in Los Angeles. Like my English is so bad that I'm afraid to pick up the phone when it's ringing. Um, I made way too little money to like survive. It sounded a lot, but in German standards, not mm -hmm. LA standards. And then I also didn't know anybody. Mm. So the I thrive in uncomfort, and I guess that's why running like works for me or speaks to me. And it was a little, little too much of uncomfort when <laughs> I was like realizing I was like, man, this is really hard. But 
I somehow got into the groove and uh, met the right people and really running became a cornerstone or like kind of a balancing element in my life there. And I ran it on and it's like beautiful because you get to explore the city. It didn't cost any money and I did not have to speak to anybody. So it was kind of like my safe place. And so it became more and more important. And um, while I was like progressing and running, I like, and to paint the picture, it's like I was running in like a cotton shirt with like wearing board shorts and some random sneakers I had, you know, mm. far away from anything but that. Mm. And it was 2007, 2008. So it's been a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so like I put running on this pedestal and I was like, it was really amazing for me and super important. And then I was like the natural progression from there. I was like, oh, maybe I should go to a race. So I went to went to this race. I think it was the Long Beach Marathon. Long Beach is like south of from LA. So I couldn't afford the LA Marathon. And um, I arrived there and it was like super odd. Like I was like, who are all those people? Like what's up with this regimented way of fitting the sport, which I like really loved and like the freedom of it. Mm-hmm. Like nothing came to life like what I enjoyed mm. within the context of a race mm. and everybody, everybody was weird and like so regimented. And I, I felt like the odd one out okay. and I, I really like left this race. I was like, what the fuck was that? You know? And so I was like, I'm not going to do this again, but I really loved like kind of like traveling from one place to another. So I was like, maybe I should just go on my own adventures. And then what happened was like I um my one of my coworkers, he and I like started running on our lunch break together. And then he one day like calls me and he's like, Hey Niels, are you here for the holidays? And I was like, Yeah. He's like, let's go on a cool run. I was like, What in <laughs> a the, cool run? Yeah. I was like, what in the world is that? <laughs> okay. And and I I asked him, I was like, what the fuck is a cool run? And he's like, You come up with it. And he hangs up on me. So I call him right back. I was like, hey, Tim, what's his name? I said, Tim, I didn't come up with anything cool, but let's run from your house to my house. And he lived in Long Beach and I lived in Venice. And the obvious question was like, how far is this? And I was like, I don't know. It's like, but in my mind, what I pictured was like Long Beach, kind of like beach city. Then the next like part of the of the route would go through like the harbor, which is like super urban and like, like, brutal and like really um kind of like the contrast between like the beach and then it like dips into like san pedro which is like this little fishing village which then leads into palos verdes which is like huge cliffs and nature and then that leaves you back into like the beach cities of like hermosa manhattan beach and so on Mm. which then like yeah, so it's kind of like I loved like kind of this contrast of the journey, which and I painting had. it visually as well. It's interesting <laughs> that the, you didn't know what the distance was, but you could visually sort of picture the sort of the visual kind of markers of the journey rather than okay, well, so it's going to be ten k here, twenty k there, like exactly, yeah. That way of framing it is quite interesting. Yeah, and so we did that, and it was, how was it? It was amazing. Was it um, cool? did you succeed was it a cool run i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i'll have to ask tim yeah we we gotta ask tim he he definitely hated me at times (laughs) he's a football player so um 
long consistent speeds were not like his forte mm -hmm. <laughs> but we did make it and um my british neighbor was waiting with like a bunch of half of ice and then on his balcony and like we had we had a good time um i guess it qualified as cool yeah, yeah. okay yeah but it was really the initiation of like the idea around running from one place to another mm. and then from there it's like my mind started racing i was like okay where, where should we go next beach to hollywood side this to there you know and then i had this idea in my head it's like how rad would it be to run to vegas you know and so all my friends like and this is like now 2013 ish so a couple of years, I've been a couple of years now in LA and I kind of like got settled and um, started my own business and um, had an amazing group of friends, but none of them were runners. They're all like creatives and surfers and like photographers and like, like I'm the odd one out who gets, gets up early in the morning while everybody's still sleeping and like What runs. was their impression of you when you were at that stage where you were the only runner in the group? I, were you like, were you like a, I don't know, like a, was it a slight oddity of like, oh, Nils is going off to do a 10K or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Like, they were like, and I don't think I knew if I was going to run on a 10K, run a 10K or mm. like, you know, they was like, they just knew it's like, I get up first before everybody else and I go run. That's mm. all they knew. Mm. And that's all which was there at the, at the time. Like, it's like, I just get out, like, it kind of like sets the tone for the day and, um it wasn't like i'm gonna run a 10k i probably never knew at that time how far i was going because i was not wearing a watch and when so did you know when to stop were you just going for like a was it to a point where you'd be like i'm gonna run to that shop or that cliff edge and then come back or were you going for a, were you looking for a feeling that within yourself before you knew when to stop it's a good question. I don't quite recall if that was that specific, but I, I think it was a mix of all kind of mm. things. Like sometimes like, oh, I'm going to run to the Santa Monica Pier and back, or I'm going to like just explore going in that direction and see how it feels. Mm. Um, or maybe I'm too hungover and I'm just going to like run to the beach and back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just dive in the sea. Yeah, and then yeah. come back. It's just always interesting. Runners always feel like we need markers in some way, shape or form. And I think for a lot of runners, it's like it's data like hard data it's kilometers or it's a pace or it's a workout or whatever i'm always interested in people of like they're running for a, maybe it's for a feeling or for a visual thing i just it's always quite interesting that yeah yeah and but like that that world kind of entered um my running into my running pretty soon so mm. basically i decided it's like hey this is like kind of this weird idea to run to vegas but it didn't like like i didn't know where to go with this idea and then i actually ended up running another race which was the malibu marathon mm -hmm. and at that race i met this guy his name was blue and he happened to be the race director and but he didn't he wasn't like your typical race director he like used to play in a reggae band and um he was like surfer you know it's like it's like my kind of people mm -hmm. but he happened to be a race director he also happened to like run like he, i think he ran like 30 marathons in his life by then already and he was like a 220 marathoner okay and he became my running partner okay and um he kind of like guided me into the world of like fast running and that was like really like the next like eye-opening moment with within my relationship to the sport it was like meeting him and 
his thing was like it was all about like speed mm. and i then like proposed the idea to him it's like hey i, I want to run from la to vegas and he's like okay let's do it but only if we do it as fast as we can i was like fair fair enough yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay and so i then like went back to my friends so i was like hey you might not remember but i told you i want to run to vegas and that's i'm gonna do that now and their reaction their reaction was like oh this is this is odd you know but then the, the second reaction was like so i knew we were going to build a team and then all those questions came up in, amongst my friends and they were like oh have you figured out the route i was like no and like my one friend was like let me figure out the route what are you guys gonna eat I don't know yet. Okay, let me like cook for you guys. You know, it's like, can I photograph? And like, and we had this like beautiful like group dynamic of like all of us. Like we we're like everybody contribute, mm -hmm. and we're going on this like adventure together. And it was just so beautiful. And now, if you see us like refer to like the ethos around no spectators, which is one of like I guess the pillars we built the brand of um that is basically not like the fact that hey we're running through the desert and there's nobody cheering you on it is really like a pointer towards radical participation which goes way beyond just the sport mm. and yeah we weren't like everybody was like part of it everybody and we had, contributes everybody contributes and regardless if you drive the rv or you're the fastest athlete on the team everybody's equally important because if one element fails the entire mission doesn't work mm. so it is kind of like i don't know calibrates everyone and um there's like a real beauty to this and so all my friends went on this journey with me and we had an absolute blast and we so we built a team of six runners two other guys and two other women so we were like four men and two women and that's where the original or like the OG category comes from. And that's kind of like became like the main category within the race as well. Mm. And so we did it and it was like amazing and wild. And yeah, and then coming out of that, we had 75 hours, I think, of footage, like crazy amount of footage. Jesus. And it took about like a year or so to condense this down to... 18 minutes of like some sort of a documentary and if we think back to 2013 it's like two things started around that time one is instagram right it's like instagram kind of like became mm -hmm. popular and the other thing was kind of like this urban crew run culture mm -hmm. started also at the same time so we were then via instagram connected to this world of like-minded runners and we had an 18-minute film of us running from la to vegas so we hit everybody up it's like hey charlie dark in london um mike says and cedric of bridge runners and like Anbro in copenhagen and so on it's like hey we have this like 18-minute film of us running from la to vegas you guys want to screen this and everybody's like heck yeah we want to screen this because there was no unconventional running content at the time just mm. didn't exist it wasn't like because our film was so amazing yeah <laughs> it's, it's just nothing else <laughs> and so i think we did like 
20 or so screenings around the world. And when I say screenings, often just a bunch of folks huddling around a computer, typing in a Vimeo password and having a couple beers, you know? <laughs> a screening is a screening is a screening. Come on. <laughs> you come you on. know that. Yeah. I know that vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But we did also have like proper screenings. I remember Wyden and Kennedy hosted a big screening in their auditorium in Portland. And um, yeah, it was like, it was, it was wild. And we had such amazing feedback. And um, then the next step was like, okay, we're going to put this film online. And I was all excited. I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Are we going to break the internet? You know? <laughs> um, uh, did you? We did not. And... <laughs> You know this as well. It's like if and um, please forgive me for for the folks working on this film because like the film is the film was like well done, you know. But there wasn't really the relevance to a broader audience, you know. We were so niche and it's like and when you have a super niche film and you put it online, what's gonna happen? Like nothing is gonna happen, you know. And and there was like a moment where I was a little disappointed, you know, but then I had to reflect on, hey, what was the initial motivation of us going on this trip? It wasn't to create a film and break the internet. Yeah. It was like, okay, we as a group of friends want to go on an adventure and we succeeded in doing that. And it was like, that was a cool run, you know, mm -hmm. that was like bonding. That was like pushing ourselves like out of the norm. That was like something to remember. Mm -hmm. And then I came to peace with it and I was like, okay, cool. We, this was, this was great. It did exactly what it was supposed to do and put it to bed onto the next one. And then fast forward like a month or so, and I was out with a bunch of friends and my one friend like puts his arm around me and was like, Hey Niels, I just want to tell you the speed project was the coolest thing I've done in my life. And he was not a runner. He was the person driving the RV three miles per hour for 40 hours straight, mm -hmm. you know? And that night I went home. I was like, fuck, if that had that level of impact on him, we have to like change the approach from making people watch us do it to having them do it with us. And so I went back and I was like, hit up all the 24 people or 20 people who hosted screenings. It's like, hey, remember me? I'm the stranger with the film. It's not about the film, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're not, we don't want another screening. I've got something else to tell you. Yeah. yeah, you can come and do this with us. And we got like an array of questions of like, okay, how much does it cost? What are the regulations? Like how many people can I have on my team? And so on. And then I had to remember how I felt when I went to that stupid Long Beach Marathon. Sorry, Long Beach Marathon. I'm sure you guys do a great job for the right people. I just didn't fit in. So, and then I had to remember how I felt going to that Long Beach Marathon as they odd one out. And I was like, I don't want to make anybody feel that way. Mm. So how can we change the approach so that the odd ones feel welcomed mm. and they can make it this their home and they can feel safe and at the right place mm. and so that was really the leading kind of like thought behind them saying it's like okay we are going to reduce the guardrails as much as possible and like remove them so everybody can come to this and make it their own and like implement their creativity and like and also 
by like not limiting the number of runners on a team make this accessible and not have your athletic ability to be a barrier to mm -hmm. participate mm -hmm. it's like if you look at all like the i don't know popular races around the world who are like more adventurous they're all like catered to folks like like i don't know it's like like with insane running ability and mm -hmm. fitness and i can't participate in marathon de sable you know or i don't know utmb blah 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 race and so i didn't want this to become a barrier so we said it's like okay we're gonna apply this like filter of no rules and no rules really is not necessarily something which was born in my background in punk and like you know <laughs> i mean there is obviously a connectivity sneaking there. out of boarding school yeah you know, you know. yeah you know i i was 14 i think when i played in a punk rock band called Weltschmerz, which means world that? pain <laughs> This is the point of the podcast interview where we'll cut to an unreleased demo of that. Have you got like a, is there a recording somewhere? There, there must away? be. There must be. I can, I can, I can see if I... If there's any World Pain fans out there, if you can eat, I'll, I'll put the email at the end of the show. Send it in. <laughs> Send it in. And um, so, yes, of course, that influences me as like this, I don't know, rebelliousness, what I have in me. But ultimately, the, the rules approach is to remove that barrier similar to like no spectators no rules can be viewed in a very shallow way mm -hmm. but ultimately there's a little more depth to it it's interesting here you hear, hearing you talk about that because i think from the outside looking in when you look at like tsp and you look at how it is visually presented and the kind of people who run it for one of a better expression it seems really fucking cool like almost to a point of like slightly intimidating. And I imagine when all of those teams do come together for like the race briefing and everyone's standing there in their finest looking cool. Like I imagine that is quite a, a daunting maybe atmosphere to be in. Like, is that something you're mindful of for individuals who might be slightly nervous about the challenge that they're about to embark on to make that part of the sort of experience also welcoming? Cause like, we were talking about this before we hit record about like the idea of like what you see on social media versus what you see in reality. Is that something you're mindful of in curating this experience? So when people meet these individuals, they're like, Oh, you're really cool and really friendly and really lovely. Like it's fine. Like I, I don't need to be worried about, about these people I'm going to be sort of sharing this desert with. Yeah. It's great that you bring this up. Um, it's definitely a topic which has been very on the forefront in the past couple of years. And I've been talking a lot uh, actually with Tilly about this. Shout out to Tilly. Uh, big shout out to Tilly. And she kind of like brought this to my attention on how certain elements of the experience feel. And I like, I need to rely on the community and people who are contributing like Tilly who come to me and like sharing those elements. So I think one thing I want to create is a space where everybody can let their guard down, you know, mm -hmm. and not have this intimidating moment of like, oh, like the cool kids are like here and like, how am I going to like present myself? Like what does like, you know, and so we've been changing the, the format a little bit. So what we did last year was like, we didn't host a big event anymore. 
um, prior to the race start. So we did like breakout sessions, like class, we built like a classroom and I hosted, I forgot, like 25 briefings with smaller groups of like a handful of teams each. Part of that like briefing was a little bit of like recalibration of why we're here and why does Speed Project exists and like kind of like really like setting the stage to everybody feel comfortable. And the other thing we implemented um, prior to the race, also based on like conversations with, with Tilly, was that, and it's kind of like a concept, what Burning Man does. And I've, I've gotten inspired by Burning Man quite a bit. Um, and, you know, fair game, like there are many reasons why you don't, why you shouldn't like Burning Man or you, you do, you know, but like there are a few things that do really, really well. Mm-hmm. And one thing they have is they ask every participant to bring a playa gift. And a playa gift is some is like a gift from one participant to another. And I've been participating in Burning Man for many years and it just recently clicked why they have this idea or why they have this concept implemented. And it's not because they want a bunch of goods being exchanged at their event. It's really to equip everybody to have an icebreaker to approach a stranger. You know, if I have a bag of, I don't know, chopsticks, you know, and I like walk up to you and like, I like offer you a chopstick. It's a way easier way to approach you than like having a, I don't know, odd conversation on like asking you for your name, you know? Yeah. So I really loved kind of like this, this idea. So we now extended the ask to all teams to show up to TSP with some sort of a contribution to the other teams. Love that. Yeah. So it's a process, you mm-hmm. know, and it's not something we're going to like flip a switch. It's more like a smooth fader, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it's like, it's also like, it starts also earlier when the process of like who is participating in TSP, you know? So there's like kind of like, I don't know, not a formula to it, but like ensuring that the people who fit to the event are going to be the ones who are participating. Mm. And um, and that way we like kind of like equip everybody with the right kind of tools, with the like right, right kind of mindset to arrive in LA or even before when communication starts amongst the teams where people contributing in form of like sharing knowledge or also a healthy competition you know i think it's like it's it's totally cool it's not just like a party or fest you know it's like at the end of the day it's like the competitive aspect of running is a super super important part of it that's what i felt was really lovely particularly like the year just gone and i I also want to reflect on the it was better last year tagline as well because i think that's quite interesting but there felt like there was a real duality in the it was the 10th version it wasn't it was 10 years 10 years that's something in of itself but there was a nice duality in like elite like competitiveness but also individuals who were just there just for the experience and just to complete it as well kind of existing side by side which i thought was really really lovely because i don't feel like the two should be mutually exclusive i think they can coexist and i don't think one should be at the expense of the other and i think that's what tsb does uh, is, is doing even better i think as you kind of grow the event but 
going back to this this original kind of beautiful mercurial moment of you doing it for the first time and then it growing it becoming this thing it becoming this brand that you mentioned and then sort of being aware of the original kind of impetus for starting it was that the reasoning behind the tagline that you had last year of it was better last year was that a sort of self-knowing kind of tip of the cap of like we're aware that this is maybe being perceived as becoming, I don't know, like a, a an entity, like a, a, a too kind of corporate thing. Like are you kind of trying to be mindful of that as it, as it grows and expands? Yeah, I think, I think ultimately um, it was better next year. Better next year. Yes. Oh, forgive me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Next so year. It's a play of like being in the moment, you know, and like, okay, it's our 10th year anniversary mm, mm, and mm, like mm. kind of like, oh, like, and you, you hear it's like, if you start something, you're not big enough, you know, and um, people don't take it serious. And then at some point they're like, oh, it was way better back in the day, you know, mm, <laughs> and then you're too big or whatever. Mm, mm, it's like, it's like a human at some point uh, in the beginning of your, if, if you're, of your life, you're too young. And at some point you're too old, you're never right, you know? Mm, yeah. And so basically it's a little bit of, of that, you know, it's like you will always have like a perspective of like people living in the future or in the past. Mm. And it's like, we should be now here. Mm. And this is another thing we we're trying to implement or like giving guidance on. It's like being in the moment and, I know TSP is so much about the content and about the storytelling and about sharing it. But originally where it came from was, hey, we're going on an adventure to experience it, period. And we also, on the first uh, iteration of it, we made it really, really clear, like for the folks who were like filming it, it's like, we're here for that adventure. We're not here to create a film. and that was really important to me to not have this get in the way. Mm. So I think one thing to like, like keep people like, or reminding people is like, Hey, we need to like experience this. Like, don't worry about your content all the time, you know? And I think the experiencing is really interesting because I've interviewed numerous people who've done it and spoken to them about that experience and they talk about it in a way that is something really kind of profound. But for someone who's not experienced hearing it, there's a slight like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, it can't be that good. It can't be that good. If anything, it's probably sounds horrendous. What, what, 300 and something odd miles but to, to Vegas? Surely that's horrendous. But I think for the individuals who take part, I think it does have a lasting effect. And you have people come back numerous times to do it again and again and again and are there individuals i feel like we should probably segue onto atacama here like are there individuals who have carried over from la who are doing this new thing that you've been in the process of creating yeah i mean yeah people are coming back you know and it's like pretty amazing i ran it three times i think there are people like out there who ran it seven times or something Jeez. like i was like how in the world and especially the solo runners who are coming back which is like, I, I have, I have no words to this. Yeah, like I'm, yeah. I'm amazed. And also the fact that like people put so much effort into finding a shorter route and like figuring out the strategy 
And the cool thing, in my mind at least, is, you know, we're 10 years in. I don't think we know how to run the fastest from LA to Vegas yet. Teams have just heard that. I bet is pretty good. Because the root thing is like, I won't get into specifics, but I've I've heard all kinds of like tales of like black market deals of like GPX files and think like highly prized like coordinates that might shave, I don't know, an hour here or 30 minutes there. Like route planning, people go hard for the route planning. Yeah, super hard. I mean, <laughs> there are many people out there now who know the, who know um, like shortest routes way better than i do you know right uh they're probably wrecking as we speak flying drones over death valley no shit Uh, (laughs) but all right well let's let's put la lv to one side because this is going to be going out um, prior to atacama so atacama the driest place in the world south america where did the idea for this come from What's the intention behind it? And what does this represent in comparison to the to the speed project? Is this like a harder challenge, a purer version? What 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 is this in comparison to this other thing you've created? Yeah. So I think there's there's a few things which which happened, uh, which led to to us going to Chile. One was the pandemic, you know, and like pandemic kind of like derailed i think a lot of plans including ours and um we had to like postpone la las vegas last minute because like obviously the race is at the end of march and march 2020 we all know what went down and then um scotty my um partner in speed project and i were like thinking it's like oh we postponed the race okay what are we gonna do next like we'll just like sit back and see what unfolds or do we take our responsibility serious on showing up for our community and the sport when it gets tough, you know? And of course that's the route we pick and we're like, okay, all those races are dropping off the calendar. We need to like show up to the running community or for the running community by offering them something. And so we then um, launched this decentralized race, um, TSP DIY, and part of that um, race experience, we hosted a like a photo contest together with Leica. And so the winning photographer of that contest, we said, it's like, regardless of where you are in the world, we're going to fly you to LA after this shitstorm is over. <laughs> and um, the winning photographer was this Chilean guy, like amazing photos. And I was like, fuck, this is, looks really sick. And um, A, he's a very talented photographer, but B, not but, and B, <laughs> the, um, I don't know, visuals, the landscape of Chile was just like stunning. So he came out and uh, spent LA, Las Vegas with us. And then also did the team who ran in, in Chile, they also flew out to LA they done the TSP DIY. They done TSP DIY where they were photographed by Andrew. And then they all came out uh, to race LA Las Vegas. And so fast forward to Vegas at the pool party. We had this love fest with all those guys. And like it was just like immediate family vibes. And like it was just like super amazing. We like kind of all clicked. And they're like, oh, you guys got to come to Chile. And... 
we've heard this a lot, you know, like not a ton, but like we've, we've had those conversations before. It's like, oh, you should run Paris to Berlin or London to blah, 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 you know. And I've always like kind of like played with this thought of like bringing TSP to a different place. But the moment I looked into, I don't know, Berlin, Paris or something like that, and I was like, you go into the outskirts of Berlin and it just looks lame, you know. I'm sure we can like make a deck which outlines and tells the story between Berlin and Paris. Beautiful and like like gets really a lot of people excited, but then the actual experience is kind of a letdown. And when I then like a week later after um, hanging with everyone in Vegas, kind of like, I think I was at an airport and like waiting for my flight and I kind of like went on Google Street View and like kind of traveled Chile a little bit. Mm. I was like, oh man, this looks insane. And so I hit them back up. I was like, hey, I'm just kind of like caught my attention. So we had a couple calls with them and they're like, yeah, you should come out. And then we were like, okay, let's let's figure out a route. And so we took kind of like the TSP DIY route as an initial inspiration and kind of like modified it a little bit and found like a 500 kilometer route, which starts in Iquique, mm -hmm. which is this Chilean coastal town. People say a lot like it's the Chilean Miami. Okay. So Miami with a twist. Okay. And um, and then from there, we go southeast into the Atacama Desert um, to this town called San Pedro. And San Pedro is this desert town, not a single paved road, um, known for stargazing. And like the NASA has like their telescopes there because like you can explore space from there right. best. And um, for the illegal raves. So I felt immediately like, oh, this is like home. It's all you know? into place. <laughs> and so it's a brutal 500 kilometer route from sea level to 3,500 meter up, meter up. Okay. And as you stated, uh, it is the driest place on earth. It is just insanely harsh and brutal, but beautiful environment. Would you say it's a harder route than Adelaide Vegas? So I I made the comparison. So if if the if LA Las Vegas and, and Atacama would be in the family of cats, you know? <laughs> not LA, what I thought you were gonna pull on. Okay. Yeah. LA Las Vegas is a house cat and Atacama is a tiger. Okay, that's the pull quote at the start of the episode. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Wow. Okay, so it's a monster. So I'm just going over the details again. So it's, it starts in, what's the name of the town again? Iquique. Iquique, then southeast, 500 kilometers, 3,000 meters of elevation, ending up in... San Pedro de Atacama. In terms of like the terrain, like is it is it like the, um, what's the road in TSP? That's like the, the like the infamous road that everyone like... Power line. Is it, are there elements like that, like times 10, like... So I don't even have the answer to that because... Like we we took one route. I'm just thinking teams might be listening to this. You're probably like, <laughs> give me anything you've got. Come on, what terrain? What what should I be packing? Like, so we took one route. There okay. are plenty of options on how to travel from one place to another. Okay, um, especially there, but it's like there is um asphalt. There is like 
hard pack kind of like service roads. Um, I think there is soft sand. There's like all kind of like elements to it. Mm -hmm. And currently we took, or we kind of established together with um, MAFS. That's the, that's the uh, team name of like, folks who lured us into this oh that's the the south american series. yes Mass. okay yeah and um so we kind of established an og route mm -hmm. which is kind of like an easy route to follow and um i'm sure so the idea is to like for this to like live on mm -hmm. and i'm sure that at some point people are going to dig into route options and shorter and easier or harder you name it so it's unclear on what it actually gonna look like. What we do know is like, it's a super harsh environment. It gets as cold as like zero to minus Celsius and as hot as 40 degrees. So do you have a 40 degree Celsius temperature span between night and day? Even in November, this does. Yes. Time of year. Wow, yeah. okay. Scotty and I cooked a cup of noodles on top of our hood. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So there's a real severity and condition. So who's signed up to the challenge then? How many people have we got competing this year? So we participating. We have um sixteen teams mm -hmm. and six or seven solo runners participating. Um so we have like a little bit over a hundred athletes from over fifteen different countries. And like is it'll be It'll be really fun to like see it's like who comes with what intention behind it. There's definitely some some racing going on. There's like definitely some rich culture by like bridge runners participating and uh Dos Seis Uno from Mexico and all women's team. So we have like we have a really amazing and strong mix of participants. And the way I went about this oh, is like who is in our inner circle. Who do I trust to like go on this experiment with? You know, because mm. like this is not an established it is an experiment, right? Yeah, yeah. It that's how I, that's how I made it. Like, told that's what I told. It's like, hey, we're going on an experiment, mm. not, hey, do you want to participate in my race? You know, mm. so I don't know what we're that's getting the into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I just like invited people I trust and. um and then my goal was to like say it's like okay we're like 10 to 15 teams we're like at 16 now and it's a good mix of like south american teams and teams from europe teams from north america and then um kind of like building out like i don't know we have like really amazing creators in santiago who i collaborate with on um some of the creative output um we have some folks in different parts of chile who we work with on on the merchandise like so we, merchandise is like one big element on how we i don't know what one of our creative outputs and in the process of building out tsp atacama i was made aware of one of the big issues that the fast fashion mm -hmm. which is not sold in europe and north america gets shipped to iquique and then just gets dumped in the Atacama desert. And so kind of like educating ourselves on like what are the local issues, what are the challenges um, people face there and how can we help like get, get, how can we help educate, how can we 
help drive awareness and so we are working through kind of like this upcycling like um merch line where we go into those clothing dumps and like secure blanks and like kind of print on top of them and like mm. so we we didn't want to like just run a standard merch program you want like, to contribute to yeah. that pile like yeah exactly well use yeah. It. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah so and and kind of like in the collaborative effort with like all those like different groups and individuals in from Chile, it's been so amazing and like uh, it's it's such so much fun and like so much gratitude and creativity coming out of it and it's like yeah it's been it's been really refreshing also for me. I was like, how can I continue to like stay motivated and how can I continue to like fuel my drive to mm. do this because like i don't want to whine but like there's a lot of work going into this i think as he's uh, not whining he says <laughs> i can see him right now as he says this i can see him he's meters uh, away from me he's not whining yeah. and um and and i want to like stay motivated and it's like i don't want to like get into like the mode of rinse and repeat and and gotta like gotta like continue to like evolve and like offer something for 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 the folks who've like done la las vegas and feel like hey this is a little bit too much of a walk in the park you know what do you think this the atacama represents in comparison to LAV? is it is it the is it bit would you bid it oh i know you don't know yet because it's it's an experiment but do you think upon reflection do you think it will be like the the hardcore version or a purer version or because there's like there's elements like there's certain creature comforts that you don't have in this version, am I right? Like in terms of like the transport or something, there's only a certain type of transport you can have when you do Atacama that's maybe less comfortable than maybe what you would get for LA LV. Yeah, so definitely from a resourcing point of view, very few resources. You can't run rent bougie RVs in Chile, you know. So. <laughs> Um, mining is like the the main business and um, or industry. So all the rental car companies have those like mining trucks. And it's like pickup trucks who are like very rugged and they have like a full size spare tire and like, like things which matter when you're out there. Mm. And so teams will rent those like mining trucks. I, I I laughed because I've just got images of all these like absolutely battered runners like getting bounced up and down in the back of these pickup trucks that like kilometer like 300 or something. And maybe <laughs> nobody wants to ever participate in this thing ever again afterwards. You know? One and done. That's yeah. it. And, and I do like I do remember when we did the first LA Las Vegas, I, I remember how nervous I was, you know, mm. when people arrived and I realized like, fuck, they just flew to LA because I like told him about this thing but what if they don't like it you know what if it doesn't live up to like their expectations and what if it doesn't have the magic i thought it does you know and so there are definitely similar feelings i have within the process of launching tsp atacama and it might not live on you know who knows it might be a one and done and everybody's like fuck that you know mm. so but there might also be magic we find out there. And it's like, people are like, oh my God, this was so insane. And due to that, it I received something special. You know? What do you think it is 
that makes people because you're saying oh, you know when you get there and you you see all these people who've like got on the plane and have arrived and you're like oh my god it's actually happening what do you think it is what do you think that pull is for those people that makes them take that leap especially with this first situation what is it like from the people you've spoken to maybe who've experienced um la las vegas what do you think that pull is for them that makes them sort of want to take that that step because i think for some people they'd be like absolutely not i'm just curious what it is that calls to people that makes them go i'm gonna go on this adventure yeah i don't i don't know actually i'm curious about that because like yeah yeah i think think, it's a fundamental human thing i think some people that and it's clear that that's within you i think that people have that draw towards these kind of call to adventures which is an innate human thing like it's what drives story like fundamentally us as humans as a call to adventure i'm curious what it is for those individuals whether it's about finding something out about themselves or testing their limits or 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 something else yeah i think the the beauty of what tsp is there's room for all kind of different motivations right so it's like testing limits and like like making this about racing you know versus like uh, i'm i feel currently not grounded in my life and i want to like want to find to my inner i don't know peace you know it's like i I think you can potentially go on that path and participate in tsp and might contribute to to that journey you know Mm -hmm. so i think that's part of like the beauty and what what keeps me also going and keeps me motivated is like that there is so much space to approach and participate in this with different parts of motivation but i think the common kind of thread amongst everybody is like there's a healthy level of like like desire for adventure you know in every within everybody i think we will get to atacama or we'll get to ikike and there will still be a bunch of different people with different backgrounds different beliefs coming from different countries coming together but like there's this mutual kind of like feeling within them that connects everyone at the end of the day so it's kind of like what i'm really excited is like it's a little bit of like family affair we're getting into while everybody doesn't know each other yet you know Mm. and i'm i'm really curious to see how this like group energy will unfold and like um Maybe there's not a single bit of competitiveness in this, you know, but maybe it is like, who knows? So that's like kind of the beauty of, of this being undefined. I think that's also really interesting because you're not organizing a race Well, you are, but you're also organizing not to get too highfalutin about it, but it's a bit of a social experiment as well. Just to see like what happens in these kind of confines when you bring a multitude of different people from all over the world and you put them in an extreme situation that they're there to do themselves. You're not coercing or forcing them to be there. What it brings out and what it shows, I think is also a really interesting sort of social study as well. Maybe there'll be a course of TSP at university. (laughs) People will be doing degrees TSP 101, like from years to come. I'm also curious as well, going back to um, your experience of, of conventional races, like being at the marathon as well. If there was a world, uh, I don't know, five years from now, Abbott, the world marathon majors goes, drops an email in your inbox, like Nils, can we talk? Would there, would there be a world where there's a TSP 
Abbott Marathon major crossover, or is is that just too wild? Would would the streams never cross? I don't know. Um, I think I I've I've participated now like over the years in in a bunch of races, and I think there's a there's value in them. You know, I ran New York a couple of years back, and I was like I had an amazing experience, and it's just like the energy around it, and it's like I think New York Marathon is the biggest spectator event in the world. Mm. And um, just like what what it does to the city and to the individuals. And like, so I think there's a lot of value in all those races, even while we're like, there's no not a direct connectivity between us and them. Mm. And I'd just I'm, love to I, see the TSP version of a major. I'm, just... cur- I, I'm, I'm a very open-minded person. I, I'd, I'd talk to them. <laughs> okay. All right, Abbott, if you, I don't know whether Abbott are listening. They might not be listening, but if they are, there you go. The, the inbox is open. Okay, I realize we've been going for, for quite some time, but it's so interesting. We've been talking about Atacama and we talked about uh, LALV previous iterations, but that's going to continue on. 2024, you're in the process of putting together the roster already. What does the next iteration of, of that look like for, for 2024? Yeah, it was a tough, tough one because like I went like, I went back and forth on if we should continue LALV or not. And why did you want to, why were you debating stopping it? Uh, I I was just like, it felt like for a moment, a little bit like rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I, I had a long discussion with Scotty and I called Scotty and I was like, hey, I think we should pull the plug. And he's like, oh, sure. I was like, and then kind of like made my, shared my pitch with him and it's like why I felt a certain way. And it's like, you know, 10 year anniversary is a great moment. Like just, you know, like drop the mic and um, move on. And um, like, okay. And so we, we ended that phone call with like the decision that we're not going to do LALV. And then another friend of mine who is, um, who was planning on putting a team together. Um, so I called him, I was like, Hey, Daniel, uh, we're not going to, going to do LALV. I'm sorry. Um, you you can like stop your efforts in pulling your team together. And Daniel is a very very close friend of mine and a very special human. And um, he he's a wild one. And he was like, so w- let me tell you a story, you know. And Daniel's like used to be a frontman of a punk rock band and um had like a very interesting kind of journey and is now um leading a venture capital fund and went to london schools of economics and um studied and studied at mit and uh, anyway long story short he's like so when i was back in the day in a punk rock band we wanted to keep everything authentic and like we want to keep it real you know it's like because like i made certain points like i feel like, it's like you know the authenticity of like tsp lalv is like are we getting watered down by like the brands by like the the hype around it and mm. and he was like so when his punk rock band like kept it authentic and he's like where are we right now with that band you know that band is not touring anymore we played maybe here and there in front of a couple hundred people and that's it and he's like on the opposite side there was offspring <laughs> you know loved offspring as a, <laughs> as a kid I did, hey I, I was, God, all right. and, and he's like He's like, you can't argue offspring 
like touch more people right and they kept playing their hits mm. and he was like i think you should not stop lalv because there are too many people who would get a lot out of that experience who haven't had the opportunity to participate and then i kind of like reflected and i was like why does speed project exist and at the end of the day speed project exists because we came across something really special and it took on the responsibility to share this with others period there's nothing else there's no other motivation like we are not a footwear brand who's need to like create trojan ponies to make anybody buy more shoes mm -hmm. right our only existence is we share something special with the rest of the running community that's why we're here mm -hmm. and so by reflecting on all this and kind of like listening to different people and kind of like going through the motions and the process of also like saying yes and no i kind of decided like all right um if we can design this experience for ourselves in a way that this is going to like be fun and be new and fresh and different and feels right then we can continue doing lalv for one more year you know and so we decided like okay we do it one more like we do it in 2024 whatever like happens so after more, yeah. no no it's like what we we committed to 2024 okay and like that's been also like we've never said like we're thinking beyond just like 12 months and so it felt good to like go through the process it felt good to like i don't know share like kind of the motions and yeah and and now with like like we have atacama in november um and then lalv in march you know so a roster and we haven't even touched on sisyphus either uh, which is its, which is its own thing i know i know people would have seen across the tsp uh, instagram you sort of popping in and out of the sisyphus nightclub in berlin like as that and that was a the sort of first sketch of an idea of a kind of mashup between endurance and the clubbing culture of berlin which i feel is its own topic in of itself and maybe we won't we won't touch on that too much but i'm mindful of this will be going out the cellar runners probably would have departed by now for, yeah. for atacama the teams are probably going to be getting ready to to go out and begin their journey into the desert if you could leave one message with those teams who are maybe you're probably having briefings with them now I'm not, i don't know where you'll be within the the process when this episode goes out but if you could share one message to those teams who'll be going on this adventure what would it be well so we 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 touched on the on the fact to like be in the moment right and the uh, it was better next year kind of message behind it and i think the beauty of tsp atacama is there's no service <laughs> <laughs> there's no service no cellular reception whatsoever whatsoever and um, we equipped ourselves with a little like satellite link so we are able to like share content we we may or may not but like i think we are able to share content semi-life and um we have jarek and val who are like our two beautiful humans on the microphone out there and uh, behind and in front of the camera so i'm excited to like see kind of the content coming out of this but um for the participants it's kind of like a forced um non-social media experience just experience it put the phone down and enjoy what unfurls for you as you venture into the desert 
Wow. Well, that feels like a, a good note to end this conversation on, Nils. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. All of the best. But as a karma, when you'll be listening, I don't know whether you'll be listening to this in the moment. You'll probably be up to your eyeballs and all kinds of madness. But yeah, I can't wait to see what stories emerge from the desert. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. A big thank you to Nils for coming on the show and telling us all about this wild ride that is TSP Atacama. Make sure you head over to The Speed Project on Instagram where they'll be sharing all manner of stories as the adventure unfolds over the course of the event. I'll put all of the relevant links in today's show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you are enjoying the show. And to all those people heading out to the driest place on earth, to San Pedro de Atacama, buy the ticket, take the ride, enjoy. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time on The Big Rump.